What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoop Heads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. (laughs) That game was, that was like just straight up embarrassing. Um, that game from the Wizards was just so bad um, against a Knicks team that's just not even that good. Like, the, you know, they're fine. They're having a good season. That's great and all. But, like, come on now. <laughs> like, okay, so coming into this game, the Knicks were 21-22. and 22. Um, They just beat the Wizards 131-113. to 113. The game was not as close as the score indicates. Um, so the Knicks pushed their record to 22-22. and 22. The Wizards fall to 15-27. and 27. I think they've won one out of like seven games coming after the all-star break. Um, so coming into this game, um, just talk about like the Wizards did not lose to a world beater. Um, the next point differential is plus 0.1, um, which means that they're just about as average as you could get as a team um, so far this season in terms of point differential. Um, they're 13th in the league in that metric. Um, they are 24th in offense, um, and it did not look that way at all um, playing against this terrible Wizards defense. Um, but their offensive rating is 108.7. Um, they are third in defense. A lot of that, um, as has been talked about by Twitter nerds, um, is um, so they're third in defense. And a lot of that is because just opponent shooting variance, um, especially from the three-point line. Um, and their defense rating is 108.6. Um Man, that game was so awful. <laughs> like, okay, so I uh, something I love to pull up the ESPN win probability index um, thing. Um, so from, let's see, the Wizards never got closer to 99.7% probability to win the basketball game um, from eight minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, so from... <laughs> from eight minutes um, in the third quarter on, so the last 20 minutes of the game, the Wizards did not have greater than a 0.3% chance to win. 
which is just god awful. Like that game was not close at all. Like they had a 75% chance to win about um, right when the second quarter started. From So from the second quarter on, the Wizards never had a greater than 25% chance to win that basketball game. Um, it was horrendous. It was terrible. It was not fun to watch. Um, but I want to do something a little more fun this episode. Like, yeah, I'm going to talk about the game, um, but I'm trying to, I'm going to, I want to try to limit how much I talk about the game. I want to talk a little bit about NBA draft stuff. I want to talk about a little, a little bit about Wizards trade deadline stuff. Um, because obviously trade deadline is on Thursday, March Madness um, is going on. So, and that game was so bad. I don't even want to talk about it at all. Um, maybe I'll just talk about like how the teams guarded their respective best players or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but just going over the overview and four factors type of stuff, the Knicks offense rating was 130. Uh, sorry about that. ESPN, when I pull it up, it plays the highlights sometimes. Okay. Um, offensive rating um, for the Knicks was 131, which is insane. That's a 93rd percentile. You're really not going to win any games if the other team's offense rating that. The Wizards was 113, which is pretty good. Um, like, that's good. Um, they just couldn't get any stops. Um, Knicks effective field percentage is way higher. Their turnover percentage is way lower. Offense rebound percentage is higher. The Wizards were higher in free throw rate, uh, which is a positive thing, actually. Um, the Wizards actually shot a ton of shots at the rim, which is not common for the Wizards, um, which is kind of weird just looking at the shooting stuff. Um, and the Knicks didn't shoot as many shots at the rim as I thought they did. Um, but the Wizards' shooting accuracy at the rim was not good, um, obviously because of the Knicks' rim protectors um, and stuff like that. Um, so just going over the rough box score stuff, um, Bradley Beal did not have his best game. Still at 22 points, um, was minus 20 in 32 minutes of playing time. Who's 6 of 15, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Um, so those 22 points coming on 20 shooting possessions, not a super efficient night for him. Um, Westbrook did not look very good at all tonight. 14 points on... Um, Oh man, 19 shooting possessions. He was three for 14 from the field and eight to 10 at the line. Just terrible. Um, 12 assists though. I mean, he is still a good passer, four turnovers. Beal had five turnovers. Um, and that's pretty much it for the Wizards, I guess. Avdi had 14 points, a lot of that coming in garbage time, but points are points. Uh, good for him. Um, Wagner, you know, I had 11 points. Hey, Wagner had a positive plus minus. Um, Troy Brown Jr. is plus 12 tonight. Okay, wait, wait, this is crazy. Okay, so Troy Brown Jr. was plus 12 in 15 minutes. So in the other 35 minutes of the game, the Wizards were minus 33. That's pretty insane. That's interesting. Obviously not all because of Troy Brown, but I don't know. I think that's that's kind of weird. Um, another thing that's weird, Jerome Robinson didn't play at all. Like, he started a couple games. Like, he's been relegated so much to the bench, it's kind of crazy. Um, also, I will call out... Um, Tom Thibodeau, at the end of the game, he tried to get Theo Pinson in there. Um, he couldn't. Um, I don't know why Theo Pinson didn't come in five minutes earlier. But also, Ignaz Brasdakis did not even get a look. Um, come on. Like, throw him in there, please. I want to see Ignaz Brasdakis play NBA basketball. Um, he's not good. He's just fun to watch. Um, but anyways, Julius Randle um, was insane. He had 37 points, was plus 21 in 38 minutes. Um, and, I mean, the big reason for that was just his shooting. Um, he was 7 for 10 from the three-point line, which is... Pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't even know what to say about that. Um, RJ Barrett also was solid with 20 points. Um, oh, yeah. Also, 37 points coming on 26 and a half shooting possessions is insane. Um, RJ Barrett had 21 points. Um, Alec Burks had 20 points. Emmanuel Quickly had 14 points. Mitchell Robinson had 16 points. Pretty much all on dunks. Um, just wide open because the Wizards are so bad at rotating on defense. Don't I don't want to get started down that rabbit hole in this episode. Um, I'll talk about it in a closer game where that mattered more. Um, in terms of deciding the outcome, um, <laughs> like I do in every game where it's close. Um, but yeah, just going over some, I want to go over some of the shot 
chart stuff for um, Julius Randle because he scored in a lot of ways. Um, and the, the way the Wizards played him was interesting. Um, so just obviously the three-point shooting stuff was ridiculous. Nothing you can really do about that. Um, if he, look, like in terms of risk assessment, Julius Randle shooting a three is not a bad outcome. Um, just to pull up his stats on the season, I want to pull up the his clean the glass um, three-point stats. Um shooting accuracy um just obviously like something that's so impressive with Julius Randle's improvement is that his three-point shooting has improved so much he's at a 42 percent clip this season um but I wouldn't go too much off that like last season he was 29 percent season before that he was 34 percent like yeah obviously he's gotten better um he's not a 42 percent shooter so if Julius Randle makes seven out of ten threes against you like you're, you're just gonna have to live with that um especially considering like what else you'd be giving up like also depending on who's guarding him um so something that was interesting was that the Wizards were showing um, like gap help um, on Julius Randle whenever he touched the ball, but they weren't fully stunting or they weren't fully digging on him um, when he was just dribbling around the perimeter or dribbling around like the mid-post area. Um, and that was just to try to force him to take tough mid-range shots. And he did take tough mid-range shots. Like the way that they guarded him, just letting him shoot mid-range shots, I thought that was really, really good. I thought that was really smart. Um, good game plan coming in. Um, he just happened to hit a ton of crazy shots. And like, there's not much you can do about that um, at the end of the day. Um, but some of his three-point looks were good looks. Um, so at a certain point, you kind of got to make a little bit of adjustment. But he only shot six shots inside the paint. And on those shots, he was two for six. Um, so it's really just a, a matter of shooting variance. Just, just catching him on a bad night if you're the Wizards. Um, and like, I mean, they came in with a good game plan against him. Like, I'm not going to sit here and trash the Wizards um, for having Julius Randle score so much against them. Um, then also, like, part of this game was a lot based on shooting variance. Like, the Knicks shot um, 21 for 24 at the free throw line, which is a really, really high number. There were 16 of 30 from three, which is ridiculous. That's 53.3%. That's absolutely insane. That's way beyond what you could possibly expect from your opponent to shoot. And the Wizards were 9 of 23 from three. What? 9 of 23 from three. Okay, so the Wizards didn't shoot well for most of the game. But by the end, they were 93, 9 of 23, which is 39%. Um, and the Wizards were like the offense really, really wasn't the problem. Like if you score 113 points for possession in a game, like that's not that bad. Um, that's a pretty solid. That's going to win you some games. Um, but obviously, if your opponent's scoring at the rate that the Knicks were, that's just ridiculous. Um, and part of the problem was that <laughs> I said I wouldn't talk about this, but man, those rotations are so bad. They got so many just dunks. Um, but yeah, it's part of it was just shot making, um, from the other team. And there's not much you can do about that. Um, something I always like to talk about is Russell Westbrook's shot chart. Um, he got to the lane a lot, um, but he was bothered by the length, um, and relative size of New Orleans Noel and, um, what's his face? <laughs> uh, Mitchell Robinson. Um, and yeah, he was only two for seven around the rim, but he got to the line 10 times, which is positive. And look, some, like he was just missing shots around the rim that he'd normally make. I'm perfectly fine with that. Like some nights it's just not going to go in. I'm, I'm not going to be mad at him for shooting seven shots right at the rim, 10 shots over on the paint, and just only making three of them. Like, that's fine. If you're getting good shots and they don't go in, I'm never, ever, ever going to be upset with that. Like, that happens. Like, <laughs> that's just how, like, statistics and variance and probability works. Like, it's going to happen. He shot four shots outside the paint, was over four. I mean, like, that's not, like, too far from what you'd expect from Westbrook. But, like, he shot 10 shots in the paint, four shots outside the paint. Like, that's a pretty good distribution. I'm I'm pretty satisfied with that, um, if we're being completely honest here. Um, Beal's shot distribution, um, he was 0 for 3 from 3, 2 of 5 from mid-range, 1 of 2 from um, floater range, and 3 of 5 from right at the basket. That's not terrible. Um, I guess I'll quickly talk about how the Knicks defended Beal. Um, so what they were doing was that they were literally um, just sending, like if he caught the ball on the wing, they'd send help from the weak side corners all the way over to the other side of the court and just zone up. Um, a lot of teams have been doing this. It's pretty successful, um, and it works. 
Um, the Knicks were also just face guarding him with Reggie Bullock, um, and that worked well too. Um, just having him, and they weren't, I don't think they were necessarily top locking him, they're more locking and trailing. Um, but when Beal tried to back cut, like, they're, if Beal caught the ball in the perimeter, they would just do their gap help or um, just like have guys pull over um, and just, just completely leave some of the Wizards players. Like, just to name a few of the guys that weren't getting guarded at all, Rui Hachimura, not guarded at all. Um, Denny Avia was not getting guarded at all. Um, obviously, Alex Len, Robin Lopez, um, Mo Wagner, not getting guarded at all. Russell Westbrook, not getting guarded at all. Like, these guys are killing the Wizards' spacing. And just, like, the guy that's hurting most is Bradley Beal. Because um, teams can just start doing this. The Knicks do it more than most teams. Um, they, uh, the same thing happened last game. But it, it just kills the Wizards' offense when um, players can't shoot. And there are multiple players that can't shoot on the floor. Bradley Beal, um, it just hurts. And something that was interesting was that even on back cuts, like obviously I think the Knicks did a great job of game planning against Beal. Um, on his back cuts, they were having someone like like literally just helping all the way in the paint if Beal were to back cut. Um, someone just like not even guarding Beal, like just guarding like Rui. Like if someone, the person guarding Rui noticed Beal back cutting, they would just completely help off their man and just go to Beal no matter where their man was. One pass away from the weak side corner, like strong side corner, whatever. They just didn't worry about their guy at all. And like that was a... Per- that was great because, like, why would you be worried about some of these Wizards players? They can't shoot the ball. Like, they can't shoot it. Man, I'd, I'm going to talk about this roster construction a little bit um, once we get to some of the trade stuff, but it doesn't make sense. Um, and Scott Brooks just doesn't use it well. Like, what is he doing not playing some of these guys? Um, I want to talk about three-point percentile. Um, oh, this is frequency. I want to do accuracy. Um, so looking at the three-point accuracy of the guys on this roster, um, obviously I'm not going to talk about Thomas Bryant. Garrison Matthews at 40%. Um, he's in the highest percentile in terms of positional. Um, like the way cleaning glass does the percentiles is by position. Um, so Garrison Matthews at 40%, which is a great percentage. He's a good shooter. Um, I want to see how much did he play in this game? He did not play that much. Only 21 minutes. He has to be on the floor more just because he can space the floor. And he can play like some capable defense. Isak Bonga has only shot 28 shots and he's at 39%. So, you know, he can't really take that much really from that um Davis Bertans is at 39% he's a good shooter um obviously they're missing him and this is where it really really hurts to miss Bertans just not being able to run a lot of the actions the Wizards like to run um with Bertans facing the floor um games like this is where you really notice it um Neto's at 36% so oh wait, wait, wait. okay so just to recap the Wizards have three guys above the 50th percentile in three-point shooting um per, per their position um per cleaning the glass and one of them is Bonga who's not in the rotation um so after that, you have Neto at 36%, um, and he only has 86 attempts on the season. Rui at 34%, 91 attempts on the season. Um, Bradley Beal, 34%, obviously a really good shooter. Um, that's more indicative of shot selection. Avia, 35%, 30th percentile um, on 101 shots. Troy Brown, 32%, on, only on 34 attempts, um, not really in the rotation. Um, Mo Wagner, 30% on 40 attempts, doesn't really look at, to shoot. Russell Westbrook, 16th percentile on 30, 32% shooter. Um, on 139 attempts. Um, Jerome Robinson, 6 of 27, third percentile. Ish Smith, 4 of 17, um, second percentile. Like these guys can't, like Robin Lopez has shot 15 threes all year, has made five. Um, Alex Len has shot 13 threes all year, has made three. Um, And then you get into Gil Bell and Cassius Winston. Like these guys can't shoot. And if you're putting these guys next to Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook and asking those two players to be successful, it's not a winning formula. It doesn't make sense. And then on defense, on the defense side of the ball, if you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, those guys are so bad in help positions and like they're they're below average off the ball especially Russell Westbrook so bad at getting around screens you need guys that can help you need guys that can make plays defensively and those guys names are Isak Banga and Troy Brown these guys are on the roster why are they not playing more minutes it doesn't make any sense to me like these guys can help the team so so much so much more than Denny Avdi like who's fine as a rookie like he's having a solid rookie year 
because rookies just normally suck. Um, but he's not better than Troy Brown or Isak Bonga. If you want to win games, then those are the guys that should be playing minutes. If you don't want to win games, then fine. But like, even if you don't really want to win games, you should be developing Troy Brown, whose fourth-year option you just picked up, and Isak Bonga, who's, who's like a really young player. He's 21 years old. It doesn't make any sense what Scott Brooks is doing. I don't understand the theory behind what he does. I don't understand the game planning. I under, I don't really understand the roster construction, but like, I don't know. Um, this was That was like a pretty big eye-opening game, just how uncompetitive it was for the whole entirety of the game. It was bad. Um, and yeah, um, that, I went 15 minutes on that. I do, I'm going to go through my notes super quickly, and then I want to talk about some more fun stuff. Um and the Wizards tried to run Knicks action against the Knicks, and they intercepted the pass and got a layup. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I don't know. I'm probably the only person that thought that was really funny on earth. Um, Bonga got some run in the first quarter. That was fun to see. Um, something that's nice to see is the team. Oh, okay. So the, the Knicks were also really collapsing on Russell Westbrook, um, which is good to see that they respected his drives. Um, but what's not good was that the Wizards couldn't shoot, so they had no repercussions of helping on drive so hard. Um, Knicks ran a wedge screen and a side ball screen into a post-up, which is a good way for Randall to get the ball. But yeah, that was an interesting action. Um, they did that a couple times. Um, Wizards trying to weak Barrett screens. Oh, yeah, so Wizards were weaking Barrett screens, which means that trying to force him to go right instead of his dominant left hand. Um, but then they would do a weak w- combined with a drop coverage from the big. So he would just so easily snake the screens, and just the weak would have no effect. Um, I thought that was also hilarious. Um, just too many... Too much helping from one pass away, poor rotations, tons of layups, just got awful defense against a team that's not good on offense. Um, oh, in the second quarter, I wrote him, or I guess it's the third quarter. I wrote, um, breaking news, Beal set a screen for Westbrook and then got a wide open look. Um, I, You got to use those two guys better, Scott Brooks. Like, you just got to be a little more creative. I think Robert Pack also helps run the offense. Like, just just do more stuff, please. Um, Knicks continue to really help far off Rui, blah, 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 blah. I talked about that. Um Zoning on the weak side when Beal's on the wing. Talked about that. Um, oh, Knicks ran this one interesting action. It was a Ram screen, and then the guy that set the screen for the screener um, came up and set a screen for a step-up screen for the ball handler and then popped out. I thought that was interesting. I wrote in my notes that's the most interesting thing that's happened so far this fourth quarter. Um, Wizards ran a wedge screen, and then the screener um, got the ball at the top of the key, and the Wizards ran a high ball screen, and that play worked out really well. I like that play design. Um Best thing that happened in the fourth quarter, um, Troy Brown came off a double ball screen at the top of the key, and he just threw this unbelievable weak side, like, pass, they're just on a line, like a dart to the weak side corner. Um, the defense had to X out, they had to rotate, they didn't complete the rotation, Mo Wagner got a wide open three at the top of the key, it was awesome, it was so good, like, Troy Brown has to play more minutes, it's killing me that he doesn't play more. Like, he can, like, pass the ball, he can dribble, he can play defense, and he can competently shoot, um, or he... Like, at least he gets guarded a little more than some of the other guys. Like, he, he's so much better than Avdia. Like, it's so painful to watch. Um, and yeah, that's all I got for this game. Um, but now I want to talk about the more exciting stuff, um, which is the trade deadline. Um, trade deadline is on Thursday. The Wizards have decisions to make. Which way do they want to go? They are right now... Um, actually, I'll pull up the standings. So then... Oh, man, I just typed in standings. I want NBA standings. Um, I also want to look at the um, 538... Um, Raptor projections. Um, I guess I can get to it from the player side. Okay, so the Washington or 2021 NBA projections is what I want. Um, obviously, so this is from 538. Um, so Raptor has the Wizards. Uh, I think this is even before tonight. Um, they projected them at a one percent chance of making the playoffs. They projected the record at 26 and 46. Um, 
So obviously not good. Um, Elo projects the Wizards at... Oh, also, so just behind it, Raptor used a little bit more of a um, player-focused metric, and Elo's a little bit more of like what this team has done um, and also what they've done recently metric. So Raptor has the Wizards projected at also 26 and 46 with a 2% chance of making the playoffs. So this team that has a either 1% or 2% chance of making the playoffs, what do you do with them at the trade deadline? Um, buy or sell? Like the answer, if you just look at that, would probably be sell. Um, but if you look at the standings, the Wizards are 15... Does that include tonight? I don't remember. 15 and 27, yes, including tonight, um, which puts them 13th in the Eastern Conference, um, and that puts them four games back of the playing game with, what is that, 32, 42 games into the season, so they have 30 games left. Four games back of the playing game with 30 games left, um, and five and a half games back of the eighth seed with um, 30 games left. Um, so you, can, I can see how you can talk yourself into being a buyer and trying to pursue that playoff spot, but... Personally, I would be a seller, um, but obviously I don't have as much stake into the team. I'm not Tommy Shepard, who's trying to, you know, GM for a contract extension. I'm not Scott Brooks, who's trying to coach for a contract extension. I'm not Ted Leonsis, who's trying to make money, uh, I, I, I guess. Like, uh, does he make money for the team being good this particular season? Does it, wouldn't he rather be good next year with an exciting young rookie and some exciting young talent? Um, but anyways, um, so Bradley Beal, um, so I talked about earlier um, in an earlier podcast, but the best offer I think that would be out there for Bradley Beals from the Warriors can give the best package with the Patrick Center on James Wiseman and that um, Timberwolves top three protected pick this year. Um, but other packages like the Nuggets can, I didn't, I didn't like the Nuggets package. I don't remember what packages I really, really liked. Um, but the one that the one I did really, really like was the Golden State Warriors. If I were personally the Wizards, I would pursue a Bradley Beal trade package, but I don't like, there's no chance the Wizards are going to do that. I was switching this late into like, if this game happened or this slide happened two weeks earlier, then like, I think maybe they could think about it, but like, they're not going to. Um, so other guys I would trade literally everyone. Like I would trade Westbrook in a heartbeat. Um, I mean, <laughs> like anyone would, but like you, it's, he's impossible to trade. Um, Alex Len, I'd give away. Like, I just have a fire sale. Like, honestly, like, if you can get anything for... Uh, I, would, I don't know if I... I don't want to trade Garrison Matthews, if I'm being honest. I, I think Garrison Matthews is great. Um, Rui Hunchmore, I would trade him. Um, Anthony Gill, obviously. I'm just going up and down the roster. Um, Troy Brown. Like, if you're not going to trade Troy Brown more minutes, I think he has trade value, so I would get something out of him. Um, whatever you think that may be. Isak Bonga, same thing. I think he has trade value um, around the league. If you can't... If you're not going to play him, then you might as well get something out of him. Um, Denny Avia, I would trade him, but they're not gonna. Um, Robin Lopez, I would trade him, but his his number is too high. Um, he makes like seven, eight million dollars. No team would ever want Robin Lopez on their team for that much money. It doesn't make any sense. Mo Wagner, I would trade him. The Wizards didn't even pick up his fourth year option, um, but I don't really know. Like he's more, he'd more be either like a number um, to aggregate or just a salary filler. Um, Cassius Winston, like no, why, why, why would anyone trade for him? Raul Neto, again, like I, I mean, maybe. You can get a second round pick out of him. I would do that. I'd flip him for a second round pick um, just to take a shot at a second rounder in this year's draft. And Jerome Robinson. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> clearly the the Wizards wouldn't be able to trade Jerome Robinson just because his cap number is too high from being a former, what was he, the 13th pick in the draft? Um, and now he's in his third year of his rookie scale contract. So his number right now is too high to trade to any team. Like, why would anyone want him? Um, so if I was running the Wizards, I'd flip a couple of these guys for either second round picks or just prospects or even guys I can play. Um, Fred Katz from The Athletic, who covers the Wizards, he put out a trade, like, present some trade offers. The trade offer I presented was Troy Brown Jr. and Isak Bonga in a second-round pick um, from next year because uh, the Wizards don't have one this year. I think the Wizards traded this year's second-round pick for, like, Trey Burke, like, four years ago. Um, but, yeah, so I would trade 
Troy Brown and Isak Bonga, or the one I proposed was Troy Brown, Isak Bonga, and a second round pick from next year. Um, that's not the Wizards. I don't remember who owns it for um, Rashawn Holmes. I think Rashawn Holmes would be such a good fit. If you want to be a buyer and you want to get better, you want to chase the eighth seed, um, which seems like it's what the Wizards want to do. That's what I would do. If not, I would just fire sale. I think these guys are valuable. Um, just trade all of them. Um, also, if you can get anything for batons, I would trade them. I don't think that's a good contract right now. Um, and I'd be scared to have it on the books for the next four years after this year. I'd, I, I mean, I am scared. I'm a fan. I'm scared. Um, that scares me. Um, so yeah, that's that's personally what I would do. Um, and the trade deadline, oh, wow, this is great. Um, Tankathon has a trade deadline um, monitor. Trade deadline is one hour, 16 minutes, and 34 minutes away. <laughs> Wait, one hour, 16 hours, and 34 minutes away. Um, so Tommy Shepard has some serious thinking to do. Um, something that he's been really good at in the past is just butting into trades. Like that's how that's how the Wizards got Mo Wagner. So the Wizards got Davis Davis Bertans just butting into the trade with the Spurs. Um, that's how they got. I mean, like they got Mo Wagner, um, and Isak Bonga in the same deal. I'm um, just butting in and getting some guys. Um, and Thomas Bryant, like that is an unbelievably good move to do that just to get them for nothing. Um, the Wizards also got Jerome Robinson literally for nothing, um, which is a great move. He didn't pan out, but that was an awesome move just to get in and just get a guy um, who could maybe or maybe not work out, and it didn't work, and that's perfectly fine. Um, just just such a good move um, by Tommy Shepard, but he hasn't done something like that this calendar or this um, since the NBA year flipped. Um, he has not done something like that. Um, so let's see if he does something like that just works around along the margins, does something really, really good or something creative, or maybe just gets another guy to help out. Like the Wizards just desperately need defense. Um, their defense is so bad. Um, they also need some shooting. Um, but you know, those three and D type of guys, especially from the wing position, they're just hard to find. Um, so good luck finding a guy like, are you going to give up a second round pick for like Reggie Bullock? Are you going to give up a second round pick for Dwayne Ellington? Like those guys aren't even three and D guys. Are they more just three guys? Um, so like who's really out there? Like, I think Glenn Robinson would be a good pickup. I think Dwayne Denman, like these guys are free agents too. Like, I think those two guys would be good pickups for the wizards. Um, but then you have to cut someone. I would like Anthony Gill. I would have no problems cutting him. Um, I guess like Jerome Robinson, I guess you could cut him. I wouldn't definitely not wave. I definitely wouldn't stretch him. Um, I wouldn't stretch any of these guys. I think that you can, I think the Wizards are enough under the cap that you can not stretch them and be fine if you want to sign someone prorated for the rest of the season at the like very end. Um, I'm trying to think about other free agents that are out there um, that the, I don't think there's really any more. I'm trying to think of other trade targets. Like the Wizards just don't really fit into, like they have nothing to trade um, besides Troy Brown and Isak Bonga. Like, I propose Rashawn Holmes. I don't know who's, who else would be out there that would fit into like a lower contract that could fit into those guys' numbers because Troy Brown was like, what, the 15th pick in the draft? He's on his third year of his rookie scale. And I think Bonga's on a minimum. So those guys combined don't combine for that much money. And then you can take in, you can take back 120% of what you trade out. So like, and then there's just not a ton out there um, for those two guys. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the market would be saying um, about that. Yeah, that's my little little trade spiel. Um, my next spiel I want to do is a draft spiel. Um, so I have the Tankathon Draft Lottery Simulator up. Um, and the Tankathon Draft Lottery Simulator has the Wizards at the fifth best odds to win the draft lottery right now, which I that is right. I just checked. Um, so the Wizards win percentage is 35.7, which is not good. Uh, man, they're below the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, how is that possible? Um, anyways, I'll tell you how it's possible. The Wizards don't play defense and they're not very good. Um, man, last 10 games, the Wizards are two and eight. Just not good at all. Um, okay. So the Wizards chances right now, if the season ended today of a top four pick is 42.1%. 
pretty, pretty good. Um, Wizards' chances of the number one overall pick and Cade Cunningham is 10.5%. Pretty, pretty good. Um, I'd be pretty, pretty stoked if that was the odds going in the lottery. Like, look, like um, something Danny LaRue um, from The Athletic and he does the Dunked On podcast. Um, oh, he's part of it. He's half of it. Um, something he talks about all the time is um, who is going to be around in the best version of this team. So if you look at the Wizards roster, um, who's going to be around in the best version of this Wizards team? And what you, first, what you have to do is define what the best version of the team is. Like, what is the best version of this Wizards roster? Is it a home court advantage? Like, it's like, let's be honest, like, with Bradley Beal as the best player, the Wizards are never, ever, ever, ever winning a championship. That's just completely off the table. Um, so what is the best version of this team? Uh, if it's a championship team, you need someone better than Bradley Beal. Um, and then, like, who's the third guy? Like, the third guy is going to have to be better than Rui Hachimura um, or, like, whoever. Like, I don't think Russell Westbrook can really scale to a championship team. Um, so the next great Wizards team is not going to have Russell Westbrook on it. Like, let's be honest. Um is it going to have, um, I think it could have Garrison Matthews on. Like, is it going to have um, Rio Hachimura and Denny Avdia? I think as guys off the bench, I think those guys can be helpful um, to a deep playoff run. But will they ever get to the level of being a starter on a really good playoff team? Being able to provide like 20 plus minutes in a high level like conference championship series? I think the answer is no. Um, so then like at that point, what are you looking at? I think if you're the Wizards, the goal should really be to be an established home court advantage playoff team. Um, like I don't see a championship within the next five years. I think that's completely unrealistic unless you get just some absolute superstar, like some like LeBron James level guy in the draft, like or like Luka Doncic would be the best example of recent years, just completely turning around a franchise. Um, the Mavericks had like the fifth pick in the draft that year. Um, I don't know exactly how I remember. The, I mean, if you have the fifth pick, then you must have had one of the whatever like eight eight worst records. Um, because that was before lottery reform. So. He just completely turned around that franchise. Um, so you'd have to get a Luka Doncic-level guy, which I don't think is out there from this year's draft. I don't think Chet Holmgren next year or Patrick Baldwin or Paulo Banchero or whoever you want to say in next year's draft is that level guy. And the draft after that is the Amani Bates draft, I think. Um, is Amani Bates that guy? And then what's the draft after that? Like DJ Wagner? But that's like looking so far out in the future, there's probably plenty of guys that like, um, you know, haven't even been talked about. So, I mean, like, what is your best hope is just hanging on for the... Um, Chet Holmgren, Paulo Banchero, and Amani Bates, guys, um, or like maybe getting Cade Cunningham, but is Cade Cun- I don't think Cade Cunningham is that, like, I think he's awesome. I think he's the number one guy, but like, I don't think he's that level of guy to propel your, like, Luka level guy is what we're talking about. Like, LeBron level guy who just come in, like, Kevin Durant level guy. Like, these are the guys in the past 20 years, like, really the only guys who have just come into a team and just propelled that team um, within, like, three years of being, like, playoff championship caliber. Um, yeah, those are the only three guys I can think of, like, the other awesome prospects haven't really done that um and the wizards just don't have the infrastructure in place to be able to propel guys to that level um so unless like one of those four guys i think those are the four main games paula benchero um chet holmgram um kate cunningham and amani bates unless those guys just turn out to be like lebron james kevin durant or um i guess curry could also be added to that class but like that came out of uh, that's kind of weird and that took a while and um, Luka Doncic, like the, unless you're that class of guys, I don't think that you can propel this Wizards team to a championship. I talked about that for way too long. Um, so I think the goal should be um, try to get to the home court playoff advantage playoffs. And to do that, I don't think you can do it with Bradley Beal as your best player. No offense to him. I think he's awesome. I just don't think he's that level of guy. Um, or like Bradley Beal and just a ton of awesome guys. I kind of like the way the Heat have built up. Um, and the Wizards just don't have those secondary awesome guys. Like the Heat have so many awesome guys, and they have such a great coaching staff. Like you just need, you'd also need a better coach than Scott Brooks. Like I don't know, there's so much that the Wizards need to get to that level. I think it's so far in the future. Um, I don't think you can do it with this group of guys. Um, maybe some of the building blocks are there, like Rui Matthews, 
Brown, Bonga, and Abdia. I think can be role players on a really, really good team. But that's about it. And then obviously Beal can be like a secondary guy on an awesome team. Um, and besides that, I don't think you have much on this roster. So like, where does that leave you as a franchise? Is that like, are, do you want to just chase the playing game? Like, fine. But like, I would be shooting for the stars or at least shooting for the like a consistent playoff team. Um, but yeah, just so <laughs> that was a long way of saying that I hope the Wizards get the number one overall pick or a top four pick. So I do want to sim the lottery, have a little fun here at the very, very end. Um, so sim. And oh my God, what are the odds of that? I sim the lottery one time and the Wizards moved up to the first pick in the draft. Um, obviously, if the Wizards got the first pick in the draft, they would pick Cade Cunningham. Um, let's be real here. Cade Cunningham is the best prospect in the draft. I know people are like some people try to make a Jalen Green push. Some people try to make like the big push has been Evan Mobley. Um, if like out of the top, like consensus top five, like I don't agree with the consensus top five, obviously, because I like the top five is top three, whatever is never the actual top three. Um, but anyways, um, out of all the top five, the mo- the one I'd be disappointed with personally the most is probably Evan Mobley, just because I don't really see like how a center really, really propels this Wizards team to like a next level type of team. Um, I'd be obviously be happiest with Kate Cunningham. I'd love to have Jalen Suggs. I'd love to have Kuminga and I'd love to have Jalen Green. I think Kuminga would be really, really interesting. Um, just as like a wingland guy. Um, but <sighs> he needs development. He's pretty raw. Like the can the Wizards develop Jonathan Kuminga? I don't really think so. But like Jalen Green, like him and Westbrook, I would, I would uh, that would not be fun to watch. I'm <laughs> like, uh, man, like Suggs would be so awesome to watch, but man, like Westbrook and him, ah, like Westbrook, how would Westbrook fit with any of these top five prospects? Like Westbrook and Cunningham, uh, whatever. Um, yeah, I sent the lottery. The Wizards got the first pick. That's pretty fun. Uh, I sent it one more time. Oh man, the Wizards moved down to the eighth pick. So yeah. Okay. So the lottery, anything can happen. Hopefully the Wizards get, um, a pretty high level pick. Also, I'd try to trade for a second round pick um, somewhere in this draft. I think that this draft has some interesting guys in the late second round area um, that the Wizards could potentially try to get and try to develop. Like this year's second round pick was Cassius Winston, didn't work out. Um, last year's second round pick was Admiral Schofield, didn't work out. But the second round picks are just complete shots in the dark. Like you never know when you're going to get someone that can actually be helpful. Um, so I would trade for a second round pick. Just try to at least get some draft capital if I'm the Wizards at this trade deadline um, for anything. Um, just try to button to trade, throw Jerome Robinson and Sally for a good second round pick, maybe like, I don't know, something like that. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for this podcast. Um, last 17 minutes were, you know, more laid back fun because that game was so bad. Um, but yeah, the next game is against the Knicks again. Hopefully the Wizards show up and have better offense uh, or better defensive game plan. Um, and just like, hopefully the Knicks just aren't absolutely on fire. Um, so then I actually have a game to talk about. Um, yeah, so definitely check that out. Um, that will be on Thursday. I'll have a podcast coming out the next day or that night. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.